Our next presenter, Bernard Cooley of Pliant Therapeutics. Pliant comes to us from the Bay Area. Good afternoon, everybody. Thanks for sticking around. Um, so the name of the company is Pliant Therapeutics, um, just <laughs> the Californian way. Um, and so uh, in the next 15 minutes or so, I will kind of give you a very brief introduction to what we are. Um, and where we are. Um, and so we are truly focused on fibrotic diseases. And, and so the goal of what we do is becoming a leading company in the fibrosis space, agnostic to the indications, focusing on one target class right now, which are uh, integrins. Um, we have developed this whole infrastructure around uh, biology, fibrosis biology. Um, chemistry, most of the work we do is small molecules. We have one antibody program. And then technology, meaning developing translational tools to de-risk our clinical programs, uh, including imaging, including a lot of human tissue work, uh, as well as biomarkers. So from a financing point of view, we raised $118 million um, so far. We were launched in February 2016, so we have been around for two years and a half. We are a third rock ventures company, at least when we started. Um, we had a, a 62 million Series B closed um, late June, actually early July this year. Uh, that was the first close. We kept the round open because there's some uh, additional inbound demand till two weeks from now, because that's when we file the IND and that's when the valuation will start to, to change. Um, the Series B was led by Cowan Healthcare Investments. Um, in terms of the technology platform, we have a comprehensive um, pipeline of uh, um, antifibrotic drugs. So today we are at the pace of a little bit over one new clinical uh, product every year. So we file our IND for the LEAD program, which is in IPF and PSC, so idiopathic pulmonary fibrosis and primary sclerosis and cholangitis, uh, early, um, no, sorry, October 31st. We will be first in man early December. And so our first readouts in phase one will happen in the course of January, February, March. Um, then we have a proof of mechanism study that will read out in June. Um, and that will also kind of base the, um, the, the next financing. Um, our second program is focused in end-stage liver fibrosis, so F3, F4, mainly F4 as part of NASH or any other liver fibrosis indication. Um, we, are, we have selected our clinical candidate for that program. IND will be filed if everything goes well, third quarter next year. So we will be in the clinic next year with this program too. And I will give you some examples of our focus on de-risking our clinical development in fibrosis with uh, biomarker and imaging um, tools that we developed as well as a lot of work on human tissue. So needless to say, fibrosis is a silent killer. A lot of people that I spoke today that are not familiar with the field that every time you mention some of these mortality numbers, people kind of get scared. So IPF, idiopathic pulmonary fibrosis, two products approved, do nothing on mortality, hardly change the needle, lots of uh, side effects. The survival is worse than stage three breast cancer. So this is a deadly disease. If you're diagnosed with IPF, you will die because of the disease. Um, and the median survival is around three to five years, so it will happen pretty rapidly. PSC is another um, horrific disease, primary sclerosis and cholangitis. It's quite rare. It's an orphan, uh, orphan uh, disease, as is IPF. 
Um, in the case of PSC, you have a progressive fibrosis of the biliary tract, which le leads to end-stage um, liver failure, basically. If you transplant these patients, most of the time the disease will come back. Um, so you have to find a solution in opening these bile ducts because the problem that happens is there is no normal bile flow. As a consequence, you have reflux of bile into the liver, which will harm the cells and it will lead to liver failure. So these are the two indications for our LEAP program, but we are looking at a number of other indications. We just closed a collaboration with Cleveland Clinic around stricturing Crohn's disease. This is early stage. Our third program in the pipeline is on muscle. So this is in Duchenne's muscular dystrophy. Uh, and we have early stage skin and kidney programs ongoing. So what are the targets we're going after or integrins? And integrins are important because they activate TGF-beta. And TGF-beta is important because it's the main driver of fibrosis. If you have the possibility to block TGF-beta signaling, you will block fibrosis. The problem is TGF-beta, if you block it in a generalized way, you will have a whole bunch of pleiotrophic side effects, including cardiotoxicity, it's pro-inflammatory, etc. So you have to find a way in order to block TGF-beta activation in a tissue-specific, preferably fibrotic tissue-specific manner, and the way to do that are integrins. And notably, two integrins that are important are alpha-V-beta-6 and alpha-V-beta-1. Both integrins are expressed on different cell types. Alpha-V-beta-6 is expressed on epithelial cells. Alpha-V-beta-1 is expressed on fibroblasts. And what they do is they will upstream of TGF-beta, activate it, TGF-beta will hit its receptor, and as a consequence, you will have a cascade of events leading to fibrosis. So TGF-beta is always secreted in an inactive form. It's activated by normal physiological activators such as plasmin, thrombin, and MMPs. But in fibrotic tissue, alpha-V-beta-1 and alpha-V-beta-6 get upregulated and will drive that process. So it's key to block both receptors, at least in the lung. To that end, we developed PLN74809, which is a dual selective inhibitor of both alpha-V-beta-6 and alpha-V-beta-1. The historical issue with small molecules addressing integrins is, one, lack of selectivity, and two, lack of oral bioavailability. So in this case, this is a highly selective inhibitor of two integrins. It's orally bioavailable, has uh, low clearance, and probably once daily or twice daily dosing based on uh, non-human primate PK. So it's ready to go to the clinic in December. We will go to first through uh, healthy volunteer studies and then into phase 2A mid next year. The second program is a selective alpha-V-beta-1 inhibitor for liver fibrosis and stage liver fibrosis. So as you can see, it's a different receptor profile. You don't need alpha-V-beta-6 blockade in the liver for a number of different reasons, one of them being that there are no epithelial cells in liver except cholangiocytes. Um, this is a program that um, is obviously a little bit more significant in terms of clinical development burden for a small company like ours. So we're looking for a potential partnership around that, but with some significant retention of rights. So in terms of value creation in the next two to three quarters, we have a sequence of events um, for the LEAD program through proof of mechanism data initially in monkeys, then we have our phase one data, then proof of mechanism data in, in healthy volunteers, and then moving to phase, phase 2A. So the Series B carries us through uh, most of 2019. We plan to raise initially probably maybe a mass round, depending, um, early next year, followed by an IPO. That's the plan at this point in time. So in terms of our team, 
going to kind of skip most of this except two names that we recently hired. One is uh, Eric Lefebvre, who is our chief medical officer. So he was the head of the NASH program at Allegan and the head of the NASH program CMO at Tobira. So he obviously knows that space better than anyone else. And so he will bring us that kind of necessary uh, knowledge around uh, developing a program in liver fibrosis. And then the second program, uh, sorry, second person I want to draw your attention to is a guy called Edward Gurina. Edward led till Monday uh, the fibrosis program or the IPF program at Fibrogen. So he left Fibrogen to join us and he's uh, leading the IPF effort. So very briefly on our lead compound, which is dual selective alpha V beta 6, alpha V beta 1 inhibitor, <coughs> I explained the, you know, the mechanism behind blocking these two receptors. So both receptors basically activate TGF-beta. They are expressed on epithelial cells and fibroblasts respectively. We, ha we and others have found increased expression levels in disease. So alpha V beta 6 is increased in IPF, also in primary sclerosing cholangitis. For alpha V beta 1, both in lung and liver, it's significantly upregulated in fibrotic tissue. Um, the drug itself is highly potent, it's highly selective. Preclinical PK supports BID or maybe even once daily dosing. We have found efficacy in every animal model we have tested in, but more importantly, it's very profound antifibrotic in human tissue. And I will show you some data on that. So IND enabling has been completed. It's a safe product, and we're moving to phase one in December. Together with this program, we developed, in collaboration with Stanford, an alpha V beta 6 PET ligand, um, which will help us in target engagement measurements in phase 2A. A snapshot of data. This is in human tissue. So we get fresh human tissue out of a patient with IPF undergoing a lung transplant. There are only a few a year, but at UCSF and Stanford, this is done more frequently. And so we get this fresh tissue within hours after explanting out of a patient, and we run basically our pharmacology on this tissue. Rather than stimulating it, we just have an active fibrotic tissue. And what we see with our compound, that's the white bar, I don't know show, it doesn't really work, but what you see is about 80% reduction in uh, the expression of a number of profibrotic genes, like col one in one which is the main gene that drives collagen production, hence fibrosis. Compared to um, the 3G9 antibody, which is the gray bar, which is the Biogen monoclonal antibody against alpha V beta 6, one of the two targets that we hit with our small molecule, which is in phase 2A for IPF, and we see about 20% reduction. The hatched bar is TGF beta blockade using an ALK5 inhibitor, and so it shows that with our drug, we almost near complete inhibition of TGF beta in this tissue. If we compare in a similar experiment to two approved products, nintetinib and perfinidone, nintetinib is the Beringer product. Perfinidone is, of course, the former intermune, now Roche product. We are about five times more potent, looking at IC50s for collagen 1A1 expression inhibition, and about 4,000 times more potent than perfinidone. This is the PET ligand showing that if you Given alpha V beta 6 PET ligand to a healthy volunteer, you, do so, you don't see any uptake in normal lung. And that's known. If you give it to a patient with IPF, and I have two examples here, what you see is a significant uptake. And we have now done 10 patients. Um, and what, what it shows is that as the disease progresses, alpha V beta 6 gets upregulated. 
This is an interesting other example in which we did the same study, but this is a patient with unilateral lung transplant he received um, two years ago. And so a unilateral lung transplant means they take one sick lung out of the patient, replace it by a healthy lung, and if you do a, a PET scan with an alpha V beta 6 PET ligand, what it shows is that you see massive uptake in the sick lung and no uptake at all in the, in the healthy lung. Showing again that this is a receptor that is upregulated in disease, but not in a healthy lung, and that as the disease progresses, it becomes more abundant. Short um, summary of our PLN1474 program, which is a selective alpha V beta 1 inhibitor for liver fibrosis as part of NASH, and actually also as part of other diseases that will cause end stage liver disease. So we have shown that alpha V beta 1, in terms of expression levels, goes up in liver fibrosis depending on the stage. So if you look on, on the right um, schematic here, stages one, two, three, you see a slight uptake, but notably in stage F4, which is end-stage cirrhosis, you see a significant uptake. We need to add more data points to this, but this is clear that there is an increase of alpha V beta 1 as the disease progresses. This is a pretty unique experiment. So we also do human tissue in liver fibrosis. This is a piece of liver coming out of a patient two hours after transplant. Within the next 48 hours, we do pharmacology. This is an F4 stage tissue, so hardly any normal tissue left, mainly fibrosis. And with our compound, what we see is about 50% reduction after two days of treatment of the main gene that drives collagen production, hence fibrosis, which is called 1-in-1. So we are repeating this experiment and comparing with some of the products that are in the clinic right now that are so-called antifibrotics products such as OCA, uh, FGF19, um, and they will be compared head-to-head -head with our compound on this uh, liver tissue. So to summarize, uh, by 2019, we will be a leader in fibrosis covering a number of different diseases, having two clinical programs. Uh, we are on track for one IND every year. Uh, we have one readout in IPF. We will have a program that will have started in end-stage liver disease. We have a DMD program that I didn't discuss with a unique mode of action, um, and we will be a bit more transparent about that as we get more data. Um, we are looking at strategic partnering deals uh, if they work for us, uh, if they provide platform validation, indication expansion, and notably long-term value creation. So we're not interested in global art licensing of any of our key assets, um, and potentially be a public company if the markets permit. Thanks.